We want to welcome you here to Metro Praise. We're just going to sing a couple songs here to Jesus. Let's just invite you to stand up on your feet. your joy, that your peace, God, would fill this place, oh God, that you would bring joy into our hearts, that you would bring joy, God, that you would bring your presence, Jesus. Right now, can you just close your eyes with me right now and just start thanking Jesus, thanking him for his presence, thanking him for coming to this earth. God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you came human, God. You came humble, Lord Jesus, and you came, God, to save us. You came, Lord God, to be our Savior, Lord. And right now, God, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are, God. We love you this morning, Jesus. We just want to be with you, God. And this next song talks, in, talks about being in his presence, talks about that we wouldn't want to be anywhere else but with him. And I just want to thank you for coming this morning because we want to be in the presence of God on his birthday. Amen.
you this morning, God. We want to celebrate you this morning, Jesus. We celebrate you, God. We celebrate your life, your death, your resurrection, God. We celebrate you this morning, Jesus. Come on, let's raise our hands. Let's raise our voice and just tell him, God, we love you. We love you in the room. That's why we came, God. It's because we love you. It's because we want you. We need you in this place. Oh, Jesus. I just want to be near you. I just want to be near you. I just want to be near you, Jesus.
a hand clap this morning. Praise His name. We worship You, Jesus. somebody's hand this morning on this beautiful Christmas morning. We're going to pray for one another as a big family. Thank you for coming this morning. Father, we thank you for bringing us out this morning for Christmas service where we celebrate your birth, Father. And we ask that, God, you will be with this service. Touch every life. And, God, let your love, God, spread to every person here, to our community, and to this nation and the nations of the world. In Jesus' name, if you love Jesus, can you say amen? Amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap. Come on. Would you stay standing, greet five people, and say Merry Christmas to them. We got a cool video we're going to play. Just greet each other. Walk around. Don't sit down yet. Greet somebody right now. Come on, greet somebody. Find your way back to your seat. Welcome. Praise God. It's so good to see everybody here this morning. You know, I know it took a lot for you guys to come out. So I want you to look at your neighbor, and you got to pay attention. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, 
this is real, the real Christians are. And then give them a wink, okay? So everybody look at your neighbor and go, this is where the real Christians are. Yeah. Yeah, see, real Christians come to church, right, on Christmas about Jesus. This is where we come. So you just got to put the wink in there. Because if you don't put the wink, then you're being mean. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you guys to be mean, but I just want you to, you know, wink it out. Well, we're going to celebrate Jesus' birth today, have a wonderful presentation for you. There's going to be a gift giveaway. Some of you all didn't know about that, but you're going to get a chance to maybe get a gift up here. It's going to be part of the message. But uh, we just want to thank you for celebrating with us today, you and your family. My wife and I have just been honored to serve Chicago and be a part of this community for the last seven years. And uh, just from my family to yours, thank you uh, for being a part of Metro Praise and sharing life together. Amen. Amen. Just let you know we're celebrating Jesus every Sunday at 9 and 11. So we made just a joint service today of those two services at 10. But every week it's 9 and 11 if you want to join with us. Uh, Wednesday encounter nights, our prayer meetings, and Royal Rangers and Missionettes for our young people. And then Elevate. Amen. Teenagers every Friday at 7.30 doing it awesome for God. Uh, Adam, share what's going on. I saw a picture with you and the four youth leaders dressed like Santa's elves. What Amen. was going this on with that last Friday? This past Friday, we were celebrating Christmas. We told the staff to dress up like Santa Claus and the rest of the youth group to dress up as reindeers and elves. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, but this coming Friday, it's the end of the month. Uh, we're bringing in the new year. We just encourage every youth to be here. It's life-changing. We have a uh, skit, a uh, play that we're going to be working on, and it's awesome. Just please come out. We're just expecting God to touch people's lives. Amen. Amen, amen. And uh, every last Wednesday of the month is something special. We call it a family night. So this last Wednesday of the month is going to be a family dinner night. So bring all your leftovers from today. Bring it over here. If you don't have anything to bring, to just bring an appetite. Amen. Just bring an appetite. You'll love it. It's going to be Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Something for everybody. Family and friends want you to come out. And then we're really excited about our winter retreat. Come on, anybody. Huh? Woo, woo. Come on. Our winter retreat is just an awesome time to get alone with your friends and family and Jesus and get lamb basted, roasted and toasted in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to be I want to be that chestnut roasting on the Holy Ghost fire. Amen. <laughs> Chestnuts roasting on the Holy Ghost fuego. That's who I want to be. And so if you want to come catch some of that fuego, it's going to be January 2021. Uh, Glenn Boom Boom Badonski is going to be our guest speaker. Anybody like Boom Boom? Come on, give it up for Boom Boom Badonski. Dropping the Holy Ghost fire. And it's just really simple. We're going to leave here Friday morning, early in the morning, and then we're going to drive out to Lake Geneva, have a church that hosts us, be there all day, go to a hotel at night, wake up Saturday, do it again, and then come back home. So it's just one night away, only need one day off work, Friday, and, and young people get off school if you can. And, and we're going to meet out there and have so much fun. We do baptisms, and we just pray and seek God. We have family activities. So please come out. And it's 50 shekels just to cover the expenses. But if, if this is a tough time for you or you want to bring your friend i want you to come f-r-e-e free everybody go free. free now look at your neighbor and say we got a good pastor and then just give the wink like that we got a good pastor come on see we want you to come on out and join with us amen we have a vision here at metro praise whether it's christmas new year's eve whatever time of the year it is it's to love god and love people can everybody say love god, love god. thank you can you say love people Thank you. Jesus said these are the two greatest commands to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So that's our vision. We ask you to join with us. One of the great ways to do that is to connect to our strategy. And the first part of our strategy is life groups. Does anybody get life at life groups here in Metro Praise? Amen. 
We have seven different life groups for adults meeting throughout the week, three for teenagers. Basically, a life group is a way for you to connect with the church and to begin to grow in your faith. And while you're there, you can ask one of our life group leaders to take you through our seven-step book to spiritual growth. Youth and adults alike, we want to see you grow in your faith. And so here's some life group times, a lot of different changes here just for the holiday week. So talk to them about when they'll be meeting. And then can somebody say mentor? Thank you. See, our church is built like Jesus' church on discipleship. Can everybody say discipleship? You know, I love Christers. Look at your neighbor and say he loves Christers. Now, Christers are those who come on Christmas and Easter. And I was praying for you this morning. I was like, come on, God, get them up. Get those Christers up this morning. Okay, but, but we want you, and Jesus wants you to do more than just come to church on Christmas and Easter. And he didn't just come to make choir members or church members. He came to make disciples. Amen. And so when you connect to a life group and you go through the first book, this is our second book, and it operates as a Sunday school class, you'll go through it. It will change your life. Do I have any 201 students in the house this morning? Come on, 201 students being radical for Jesus. And then everybody goes, send. Amen. If you connect to the cross, you learn about the cross, you're going to want to be sent out to share the cross. And that's our vision. And we believe if we do this, we can see 100,000 disciples come to Jesus in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. If you believe it, somebody say, let's do it. Amen. I just want to give you a quick update on the Wicker Park campus. We have started our second campus, Wicker Park. The first was good news. They were going to let us have the building. And then it turned to bad news. The landlord then said we couldn't have the building because I met with the alderman, and the alderman was so excited for us. And then the landlord, the partner, the other one, chickened out. So then we went from having a building to no building. And then during that week, we found another building, and we've already put the down payment. We're renovating it right now. Have a 60-inch flat screen to put on it. Have a youth center for the children. It's about half the size of this room right here. But we're going to blow it up for Jesus in Wicker Park. Can somebody just say amen? Amen. I just wanted to connect you to that. Check out the blog at Metro Praise if you, if you want more information. And uh, during this time, we are supporting uh, 200 churches. That's our normal habit. Metro Praise is around the world. They bear the same name. They use our books. They're translated into their language, and they have our strategy. We have five apostles that oversee these ministries. And I showed you last week in southern India, uh, Apostle Amit, he has over uh, 30, church, uh, 30 pastors with 60 churches and 1,700 disciples just in one part of India. Well, as I'm getting the reports, we gave them double the missions for Christmas because we, we, we uh, told you last week that they use Christmas to preach the gospel in India, Pakistan, Nigeria, Nepal. That's where they're at. And uh, they just want to give a praise report back to you that souls are getting saved. The poor are getting fed. Right now, every one of these uh, locations is experiencing a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Can we just say amen? And I want to thank you for giving to missions. It's, it's the gift of missions that allows us to change the world. And Metro Praise, like I said, we've adopted 200. Our goal is 500. And, and I just wanted to give you that praise report. Some of them have already texted me this morning, just reminded me to continue to pray for them because they, they make it a whole week celebration out there. So remember to keep those nations in your prayers. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet, please, as we prepare to give our tithes and offerings? This is what we do for those that call this their church. Uh, we give 10% of our total income to the Lord as a obedience to his commands to not have greed in our hearts, to store up treasures in heaven, and to change the world on, on this earth. And the Bible says that when we give above our tithe, it's called an offering. It's a seed. It's
something that we can plant in good ground and ex expect a good harvest. So if you want to give an offering, you can circle missions, and we'll keep supporting them as we always do. And if you circle building, we'll continue to pay off the things that we have here. And we just thank you for your support. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that Metro Praise is a blessed church, that, Lord, we have successfully got our second campus, and, Lord, these churches around the world are being blessed today because of what this group is doing. And, God, now we ask you to pour out your spirit upon your people here. They say that this uh, uh, time of shopping and everything could boost the economy to continue in an increase. And so, Lord, we put our hope not just in what economists say, but in you. And, Lord, we ask you to increase our, 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 our economic status again, that you would bless America, bless our Congress and the, the leadership who make decisions on behalf of this nation. Lord, we ask for peace and, and goodwill towards all men, even those in North Korea who are having a new dictator come into power. God, we pray for your will to be done in places like Pakistan where they're becoming more volatile with extremists. And even this weekend, Nigerian churches being bombed by Muslims extremists. God, we, we pray that same prayer that the shepherds said when you came. Goodwill and peace be to all men. Oh, Father, through the name of Jesus Christ, bless America and the nations of the world and your people here today. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. Let's say what Paul said for our strategy of economic growth this year. This is what Paul said. One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Will you come giving, rejoicing as you come today? Thank you. God bless you. The rest of you may be seated. This morning for blessing us. Amen. Just want to remind you, you can always give before and after the services at our drop box in the back of the sanctuary and in the cafe, and also online giving at metropraise.org. Uh, got a new sermon series I want you guys to all come back for starting in January, and it's going to go all the way to February. This is going to be the biggest sermon series we've ever done at Metro Praise, two whole months, and it's going to play right off the last sermon series we just did. We took the month of December and we talked about God's greatest gifts. We talked about how God gives us gifts of leadership in the church, how God gives gifts to the people of the church, and then the gifts of the Holy Spirit so we can use them to change the world. And today's message is going to be God's greatest gifts, and I think you're going to enjoy it. But now that we know our gifts, what are we going to do about it? And I want you to check this out. We're going to talk for the next two months about how to use your gifts, not just here in the church, but to change the world. And it's going to be called the series the nine mountains of influence. And there's like nine places in this world where you can serve and have a difference for God. In your family, in the church, in business, government, media and arts, charity, education, business and missions. We want to just power you up for the new year to make a difference for God in every sphere of influence that you're in. If you want to make a difference for Jesus, can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. In today's message, we're so glad you're here. 
is God's greatest gifts. Will you open up your Bible with me to James chapter 1, verse 17. So good to see you here this morning. I promised our normal members that we would have an hour-long service, so pray for me that I can wrap this up in a half hour. Amen. That's my Christmas gift to you. That is my Christmas gift. So happy to give it to. Okay, turn with me to James chapter 1, verse 17. We're going to talk about the greatest gift that God ever gave the world. Today is Christmas. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus, God's greatest gift. Look at James chapter 1, verse 17. Here is the apostle James. Do you know that he was a half-brother of Jesus? Jesus had younger brothers. Mary had other children. This is the half-brother of Jesus. Look what he writes. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Okay, where does every gift, perfect gift come from? From above. Amen? Every good gift you've ever received in life has come above. A mother's love for a child has come above. Everything that you've ever experienced good in your life has come from above. That's what the Bible says. Let's keep reading. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. My friends, the heavenly Father lives in unapproachable light in a place of glorious splendor. The Bible says in the heavenly realms where angels worship him all the time, 24-7 since creation. There the Bible says that this heavenly father cares so much about his creation that he gives gifts to us. We could have been just ants in his little ant farm. He didn't have to care about us. Maybe just sprinkle a little food in the fishbowl every now and then. But he does more than that for his creation. He gives good and perfect gifts. Then the Bible gives us a promise that he doesn't change like shifting shadows. Now, in our day and age, a lot of times we question this when we go through hard times. When somebody is facing a loss in their family, they say, God, how could you allow this? When somebody goes through a a time in the economy, as many have, 80% of people are making less or or in a place of of financial strength than they've ever been, 80% of Americans. And we say, God, where are you? But I want you to get this promise in your heart today. The Father has given you everything good, and the Father doesn't change. What does change? Economies change. Your body and health can change. Who likes you and who doesn't like you can change, but God never changes. Now, the next thing that people then say is if God is so good, why does he allow evil in this world? You see, evil is in this world because God gave us free will. Free will is a choice that we get to choose good or evil. And our ancestors, Adam and Eve, the first human beings, they chose evil. And then you and I have been a product of a generation of of evil being handed down to us. And then you might say, well, that's a bum rap. I don't think that's fair. But let me ask you a question. When you've had choices in life of good and evil, have you always chosen good? Okay, so it's not such a bum rap, is it? Because all of us would have messed it up like Adam and Eve. We've all told lies. We've all taken things that don't belong to us. We've all lusted in our hearts towards someone we're not married to. We've taken the Lord's name in vain. We always haven't placed him first. And that's only five of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing so far, Mr. Perfect? Mrs. Perfect, come on, how are you doing so far? We've all made those mistakes. And so the problem isn't that God is a bad God. It's that we act bad, but he is still good. You see, get that in your heart today. God never changes. He is always good. 
and we need his good gifts in this world. And we should be thankful for the good gifts that he gives us. You know, I would like to you know, tell every parent here, whatever you gave your children today is an honor and a blessing because I would have said it would have been okay just for you to have under the Christmas tree just a card. And under that card, it just would have said, you're welcome. Every meal I gave you, every place you stayed and slept, that was your Christmas gift for 2010. You're welcome. And then for 2011, you get it all over again. Merry Christmas. You get food to eat, clothes to wear, and a place to stay. So parents, if you gave your children more than that, you should be proud that you did them a great favor. And let's give it up for parents who bless their kids. Amen. Because kids, you don't deserve anything. You don't deserve that PlayStation 3. Amen. You should just be happy you're here and they don't take you out and make another one just like you. Amen. Praise God for families that give us generously. And you know, God is just like that. God could say, well, I'm just going to give you half the breath you need every day. And throughout part of the day, you know, you'd be lacking breath. And God could say, well, I'll just have your heart beat half the time. And then you'd be going into a cardiac arrest half of the day. But you see, God has been good to us. And every time we see corruption and sin in this world, it's actually the God fingerprint, the conscience inside of man that works towards good. Meaning doctors don't make you sick, they make you better. That's God's conscience inside of them. You see teachers teaching our children, that's God's conscience. Even Bill Gates and those who are atheists don't believe in God when they do acts of charity. That's God's conscience on the inside of them, making wrongs right. Because if we were just animals, why would we care for one another? Why would we want to help each other? But it's God's conscience. So every good gift comes from above. And I want you to think about that today and ask yourself the question, what is God's greatest gift? Like if you were to pick out one, what would be God's greatest gift? Now, I know everybody wants to be spiritual and shout Jesus. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But I want you just to walk through this with me and just have a little fun contest. We've got some gifts up here that represent the gifts that God gives us in life. And I'm going to let you keep them and be blessed. And the only way you're going to know if you got one of these gifts is by looking under your chair right now to see if you have a ticket. And so ushers, would you come forward and let's see if we've got some tickets under some chairs. Look under your chair and see if you have a ticket. Hopefully, okay, you have a ticket. Come on up. If you have one, come up, please. And just give her a gift. You can take it back to your seat. Come on, it's good that you came to church this morning. Amen? Praise God. Everybody gets this gift if you have a ticket. All right, let's give it up for those who got gifts. Come on, don't hate, celebrate. Okay, there's two more tickets. There's two more tickets. Do you remember where you put them at? Okay, check in front of your seats because otherwise we're just going to have to just give them away, just randomly. There should be another ticket. Check under somebody's empty seat. Check under there. Did you guys check your section? She said she put one under that section right there. Okay, just pick somebody in that section and give it to them and somebody in that back section. Guys, quickly, let's do this. Okay, now those of you who have gifts, I want you guys to open these gifts right now. Would you open them for me, please? Would you open your gifts for me, please? Some of them may not be according to your gender, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. 
I'm going to wait for everybody to open their gifts. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, would you just quickly give out that gift to somebody? Just somebody, let somebody be blessed today. Okay. Okay, let me, let me give you some opportunities to find some gifts. Let me pick Brian right here as the first one. Brian, would you stand up for me, please, and turn and face the people? Would you show everybody what you got there? Now, now you might want to make a trade with this young lady right there. That's up to you. But, you know, you know, when I think about my daughter, it, this gift to me represents, you know, the material things of life, you know, the, the fashion, the clothes that we wear. And here's a little princess, and she can put on all these clothes. You know, God gives us clothes, and I'm so thankful today you didn't come in here naked. Amen? How many glad pastors not naked this morning or, or wearing fig leaves or something? But I don't think that our clothes, Fashion Week in New York, is the greatest gift. But you may enjoy that gift. Thank you. How about this young lady? Would you stand up right here? Look at this one. This You can stand over here. You know, this gift right here is a family game. It's this game you toss. It's like a lasso thing. And so your family's going to love playing this right here. You know, family is a gift. Let's think about this. I mean, I love my family, my wife, uh, the two children, Bethany and Hannah, and little Lucas in the womb right now. And I thank God for family. And that would probably be if I was to pick out a number two. That's going to be a number two. Is everybody listening to me? I love family. But is family the greatest gift? And when you look at family, has family always treated you the greatest, you know? Do you get along with everybody in your family? So it couldn't be the greatest gift because it's not a, it's not a perfect gift. It's not always there. Sometimes moms and dads, they, they die. They pass on. Uh, sometimes things happen in the family. And then even for those who have great families, within two or three generations, it's forgotten. Like most of you couldn't remember your great-great-grandparents, their name and what they did. So family is a great gift, and I hope you enjoy this with your family, but I don't think it's the greatest gift. What do we have over here? All right, sister, come on. Now this is a workout thing right here. This, this is health. How many are happy for your health this morning? Amen. And I guess you just kind of shake it. Yeah, just shake it and work out. You make sure she'll be doing it. Now, I am so thankful today that I have health. I mean, isn't health a good thing? But health, sometimes it leaves us. You know, sometimes we get sick and, and eventually we all die. And so I don't think health is the greatest gift, but I am thankful for health. Can you say amen? Enjoy that. God bless you. Did you open up the box? Okay, open up the box. It's not just diapers. <laughs> That would be a good gift. I'm going to go here to Margaret. She's got, have you opened this up? Okay, can you pull it out for me, please? She's got maybe what, it, what might be the best gift. This is a gift card, a Visa gift card for $25. Amen. Come on. Now, how many, how many are happy for money as a gift? How many are happy for that? Amen. Don't get so spiritual in church, y'all ain't happy for money. I'll put a couple zeros behind that. We'll get some crazy stuff going on right now, people. 25000 250000 I mean, we really think about money in life. And it's good. God wants us to have money. Money is a part of life. Money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work hard for it. And it's a gift. We give it to our family. We give it to each other. But is it the greatest gift? The Bible actually says that money can become uh, a root to all kinds of evil. It can make us jealous. It can have us to be greedy. And we can lose sometimes our perspective on life. So as important as money is, don't think it's the greatest gift. God bless you. Treat them all out to something. Amen. All right. Beautiful. Now, you know what this stands for, this picture frame here? This stands for romance and love. Everybody go, love. Now, that's a good gift. Are you married or are you single? Single. 
Amen. Single young lady right here. Fellas, take a look. She's available uh, after service. It's a good thing a single young lady got that too. You know, when I, when I think about this picture frame, I think about times that Nancy and I had while we were engaged, while we were dating, and all of these pictures we have around our house now and how, how just beautiful love is, you know, and love between a man and a woman. But is that the greatest gift? You know, sometimes my wife and I fight. Sometimes we don't always understand each other. There's not a perfection in that. And, and some people have had some tough times at love. There's been some divorces. There's been some letdowns. And so as important as romance is, I don't think it's the greatest gift. But let's give it up for our single friend. Maybe she'll find some love. Hey, Amen. Who else has a gift? My friend right here has a great gift. Would you stand up for me, sir? Now, this is a Life magazine year in review, and I got this to symbolize uh, education. And, and if you haven't checked this out, uh, not just trying to promote this magazine, if you haven't checked out what happened in this last year, you should. It's remarkable how fast time goes by in a year, what's accomplished, and then the amount of knowledge we have in this generation. Do you know that there's more searches on Google in one day than there are people on the planet? They say right now we have so much information coming back and forth that we've never known. They say that if you read Wall Street Journal for one week, you would have more news in your system than the average person did 100 years ago for the whole year, just reading a newspaper for a week. But as fun as knowledge is, and the Bible says that people pursue knowledge in this world, but as much as it's a good thing and God has given it to us, is it the greatest thing? You know, you think about degrees that some of you have, master's degrees, doctor's degrees, high school diplomas. Has that really satisfied every part of your life? It's a good gift, but I don't think it's the greatest, but I hope you enjoy that. Amen. Let's give it up for our brother right here, and let's give it up for this man right here. Come on. Now, these cars right here, to me, I got this to represent not just the material things in fashion, but the things that we want to enjoy in life, you know? I mean, come on. If you got some extra money, maybe go get a nice car. Uh, get a house by the lake, get a boat. And there's these things in life that we get that we don't necessarily need, and we just call them extras and blessings. How many are, are happy for some extras today? How many are happy you have more than one set of clothes in your closet? Amen. How many are happy some of you have two cars, you can give one to your kids? Maybe you're not so happy about that, but you, but you have it, you know. But we, we think about these extras in life. I think about people that take vacations and they go out of town and, oh, like uh, they'll rent the convertible and they'll stay at the nicest hotel. Is that the greatest gift God gives us? It's just vacations and just extra things. And maybe one day you'd like to retire and have a couple extra things. Would that be the greatest gift? I don't think so. They're good. I'm glad they have them. If you ever own these cars, I want to borrow them for the weekend. Amen. God bless you, brother. Thank you. And how about this one right here? Can you stand up? Let's give it up for our sister right here. She got the football. So all the young men, this is who you want to hang out with today, okay? You know, I, I got the football to represent what we do with our friends. How many are thankful for friends in life? I mean, aren't you glad you're not by yourself every day? I mean, I, man, I like myself. But I get tired of myself. How many get that boring feeling when you're by yourself? You just get bored because you can be boring sometimes, right? But you know what? You, you can't play football by yourself. You need a friend, right? You've got to toss it back and forth. And I think friends are great. And God gives us friends. So every friendship that we've ever had in life, we should just thank the Lord. And we should say, God, I thank you for these friends that love me through bad and good times. But sometimes friends let us down. Sometimes friends aren't always there for us. And sometimes they lead us in wrong directions. Uh, parents, we teach our kids peer pressure, right? 
And so friends are great. I'm glad I'm not alone, but I don't think it's the greatest gift. Let's give it up for her today, making some new friends. And what you got in there, sir, have you opened it up? Amen. Here is some num-nums. Everybody go (laughs) num-nums. You know, this is candy and this is sweet. How many just like good food in life? Amen. You know, I was thinking about getting a gift certificate to Fogo de Chow, but the church probably wouldn't be able to pay its bills afterward. But, I, I mean, th- there are some good restaurants in this city where you can get things that really you don't need. I mean, we can live without candy. We can live without cookies. But aren't you glad that, that in this life God blesses you with good food, good cooking, good sweets? Can you say amen? How many are, are tracking their calories on a diet this Christmas? Okay, one person. How about the rest of you? How many are just eating the diet all you can eat right now? Just That's the diet all you can see. And, and I'm so happy for that. I hope you share it with your family. I know you will. But how many know we have problems with obesity, our health? You know, this good thing of eating and enjoying food can actually become something that's not a gift. It becomes a curse after a while. So it's good, but we have to portion it out. So I don't think it's the greatest one. Can we give a hand clap for everybody that received a gift? Amen. So what do I think the greatest gift is? Is it just material things? Is it just our friends? Is it just family? Is it just getting an education? No, I think the greatest gift goes so much more beyond that. And I want you to turn to our last scripture today, to John 3, 16. The greatest gift that God could give us, I believe, is Jesus. I believe the greatest gift that we can share with each other is Jesus. To me, when you have Jesus, everything fits into place. The Bible calls him the cornerstone of our life. You see, buildings back in those days, 2,000 years ago, were built with a cornerstone taking the majority of the weight. And those cornerstones would represent a foundation to that building. Jesus was called the cornerstone. You see, Jesus is what you need to build your life on. Because you can have all of these things. If, and if we just look at our lives, we try to go after all of these things individually. You know, we try to go after our health and have friends. And sometimes these things in life become like a juggling game. You know, you're balancing your health, you're balancing your friends, and you're just, you know, hoping not that something drops. But so often in life, things do drop, and we've got to put it back together again. And and if you look at people who are really busy and they're great and they're organized, they can do all of those things in life, they'll tell you they're so busy doing those things that there's still an emptiness on the inside. They're still an emptiness. Oh, yeah, they got health. Yeah, they've got family. Yeah, they got a job. They got education. They have nice restaurants. They've got some nice things. Uh, they're, They're in love. But there's something still missing, and I believe it's the greatest gift of all. John 3.16. Can somebody say, Jesus. Amen. Look at what this famous passage of Scripture teaches. The first verse, 16, the most famous passage in all the world. For God. Can we just read it together? One, two, three. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Thank you. The greatest gift that the Father of heavenly lights who dwells in perfection, the greatest gift he gave us was Jesus. Think about that. You have been given the greatest gift the Father could ever give you. It's Jesus. Jesus represents to us new life on this earth and eternal life when our bodies die. 
All of us have made mistakes. We've all fallen short of God's perfect standard. And so Jesus offers us forgiveness that we don't perish. And then when our bodies die, he offers us eternal life. Can somebody say eternal life? Thank you. Now let's keep reading from this famous passage and see what it teaches us. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So I want you to see what the Bible is teaching us today. God's gift, Jesus Christ, is not an option. If you do not receive God's free gift of Jesus Christ, you're actually already condemned. See, some people think Jesus came to preach judgment that everybody was going to hell. No, Jesus was not saying that because the Bible says the verdict was already upon them. Who was the one that preached the judgment? Moses, almost 15 years, 1,500 years earlier, had already preached the judgment. That's the Ten Commandments. Moses had already told the people, this is what God expects of you. This is what he wants you to do. And generation after generation continued to fail, continued to not be able to do it. And so when Jesus comes, he says, I have not come to take away the law. I have not come to even give you a, a way around the law he says i have come to fulfill the law so jesus's work in life of perfection was his way of saying you can't pass first grade you'll never do it but i'm going to get all the answers and give it to you and if i do it that way and then die for you and take the punishment of all your failings and getting held back you're 35 and still in first grade he says if i'll do that for you my father will grant salvation to all because my sacrifice will be enough to make up for your mistakes are you tracking with me and so today Jesus Christ is not religion, and we think of this today. You know, I'm going to church, want to be religious, going to go on Easter, you know, see you in about six months for, for Easter. You know, Christianity is not religion. It's a relationship with Jesus. He wasn't coming to try to make a bad person good, try to just help you out, just put a little touch-up paint on you because you're not too bad off anyway, just remodel you a little bit. No, he didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead sinners live for Christ as saints. He came to change your life, not remodel it. He came to renovate it and demolition it and to have you be born again a new creature. Amen? And so today, my friends, it is parallel. It is so important that you accept this gift. It's paramount because if you don't accept this gift, you're condemned already based on your sins and previous actions. Keep reading verse 19. This is the verdict. Okay? God is speaking. This is the judgment. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were what? Evil. Let's just pause right there before we close out today. You see, all of us at some time or another have even heard this message, and we reject it because our deeds are evil. And you may be here today going, you know what, that was cool up until the gift, you know, up until the preaching part, the gift part was cool, but now I'm turned off. You know why? Because your deeds are evil. You might say, I don't have any evil deeds. Well, that's your first evil deed is you're lying. 
and you're full of pride, okay? That's your first problem. You got a big problem. That's probably the worst. And then the one who says, well, at least I didn't murder anybody. You got another big problem. You're a hypocrite because you didn't murder them with a steak knife in your kitchen and bury their body in your back of your yard, but you've cussed out somebody before. You've been angry before. And Jesus said anger is the sin of murder in the New Testament. So we don't want to justify our sin. We don't want to try to make it right. Let's be honest. Let's accept it and ask for Jesus' forgiveness. Amen? Verse 20, it says, Everyone whose deeds, uh, excuse me, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Verse 21, But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Would you stand to your feet with me today? Band, would you come? I want to ask you today before you leave, have you received Jesus, God's greatest gift? The gift of salvation is free. I don't think there's a need for me to have to belabor it today on Christmas. I think you got the point. Altar workers, would you come? I'm going to ask that as we close out today that we're going to sing a song in closing and these prayer workers are going to be here for you if you want to accept Jesus into your life. You might say, Pastor, what does it mean to accept Jesus into my life? Well, the Bible gives us many clear examples. You believe in him, you confess his name, Jesus. You say, Jesus, I believe in you. You're the Lord of my life. And then the Bible says, you also then confess your sins. You know, I think the greatest gift was given to us 2,000 years ago when Mary gave birth to Jesus. She was just a humble young girl. She wasn't somebody that would have been picked to be first. She was even surprised when the angels came to her. She said, why are you choosing me? and, And the angel said, you are favored by God. She was given the most precious gift, the Son of God, as He came into human form to dwell with men. Mary, that day in a manger, held the greatest gift to mankind. Maybe now you understand why angels sang in the fields and shepherds came and stars appeared that guided magi who gave the most precious gifts that they had because she was not only holding just the hope for her life, but the hope of humanity. That God in heaven, who had been separate from man during the time of Moses, only visiting man on occasion, now was coming himself in the flesh. Because there's only one God and one mankind and only one mediator between man and God, and that is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when he did this, the incarnation as it's known theologically, the Bible says he tabernacled by us. By him taking on flesh, he put on the tent of humanity so that he could live among us, so that he would understand pain, he would understand sorrow, he would even know what it's like to have to go to the bathroom after going to that Mexican restaurant. He would know what it felt like. He would know what it felt like to have people betray him, to have people lie to him. That day when Mary was holding baby Jesus... It was God's way of saying, this is my gift to you. Will you receive Jesus today into your life? 
He has done everything possible that you may be saved. I want you to think of yourself as Mary receiving Jesus. Will you be the one that receives the gift today into your life? And not only as baby Dito Jesus, but as Lord and Savior King Jesus. Because when he was crucified, he he was crucified as a man. He was buried, and then he rose again. And when he talked to his disciples after his resurrection, he said, I give you all authority. I give you my power. Now go and tell the whole world, this gift, my salvation, is for everyone. And so now all of us like Mary, we are in this place where we choose to accept Jesus. Do we choose to accept him, to live with him, to share life with him? Or do we abandon him? Do we abort him? Do we place him away from us and say, I love my deeds that are evil. I want to stay in the darkness and hide and suffer the consequences. Today, my friends, what I would ask you to do before we leave out of here today is receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and as the greatest gift that God has ever given this world. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for Jesus. Come on, those of you who are saved right now, come on, would you thank the Father for Jesus, the pure and spotless Lamb of God, who walked among men, hallelujah, who laid down his life for us so that we might live. Father, we thank you today. We thank you that you sent Jesus as the greatest gift to us. And now today, I ask that every person here would receive him as their Lord and Savior. Oh, his name, Emmanuel, means God with us. He is our everlasting Father. He is a mighty God, the Prince of Peace, our Counselor. Today I ask that Holy Spirit, you would convict hearts of those who are not right with your Son, Jesus, that are not right with Jesus, and that all men and women and children here would accept accept Him into their hearts. With head bowed and eyes closed, would you make this profession of faith with me today? Would you say this, Jesus, I believe you came to this earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day for everlasting life. I accept you today as my Lord, as my Savior. I proclaim that I will love you with everything inside of me. I will follow your teachings and forever be in love with you. Now, would you just thank him right now? Those of you who have accepted him for the first time, maybe just raise your hand. Those who are rededicating or those who are already saved but are just doing it as a public profession. Just raise your hands and thank Him today. Gracias, Señor. There is everlasting life in Jesus. I could keep you here for another hour just telling the stories of those who have accepted Him and how He's changed their lives. We're going to sing a song in closing. Please don't leave. We'll dismiss right after this song. But as we sing this song, if you need prayer... Would you come forward? Prayer to accept Jesus, to have it be official in front of a prayer worker, or just a prayer for any need 
in your life or your family, would you come forward as we sing this out today? I'm coming your way. For all those who desire prayer, would you come? to dismiss and I've asked I'm asking the worship man to stay up and sing a few worship songs to those who want to linger in God's presence today but we'll dismiss right now for those that have to go Lord we thank you for bringing us here today that we've learned that you are the greatest gift we ask now that we will forever live for you follow your commands and raise our families knowing about you Lord bless us this week Let our friends and family see and hear the good news about Jesus. In your name we pray. Can everybody say amen? Can we bless the Lord today for Him coming to earth, being the greatest gift? Amen. Slap somebody high five and say Jesus loves you. God bless you. Enjoy your Christmas. We're going to keep worshiping for those who just want to linger in God's presence.